Grab a drink and have a seat. It's time to chat with the hottest new artists and songwriters around. This is Backport Sippin' with Lindsay. What's up, Back Porch Sippin' fam? Thanks so much for tuning in to this week's episode featuring one of my favorite guys in the industry. It has been super cool to watch how far he has come over the past decade, and I can't wait to share his story with you. You know, going through the industry, the music industry anyways, it is unique for sure. You always meet those people that you know are just going to have your back no matter what. The ones that just want to see you succeed just as much as you want to watch them succeed with their dreams as well. This guy, definitely one of them, has always been there to help me with anything and everything that I could ever need or give me advice on whatever, so I greatly appreciate that. I'm so excited to share his story with you, and you may have caught him playing our two-year anniversary ride around last month. This week, we're talking to Tennessee native Brandon Lay. I was thinking and I was like, when did I meet you for the first time? Like I was trying, I was like trying to go back a few years. I'm like, when was that? Because it feels like forever. I guess it was 2017. I know I was on radio tour and we played in that theater. I, that's all I remember. I met you. We played in a theater. I don't know if it was with, oh, it was with the Lanco guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe Walker Hayes. I can't remember, but, um, but yeah, it was, uh, I remember, I remember it was in a theater, like towns and everything, it all kind of runs together, but I do remember that. Yeah. Good old Springfield, Missouri. Yes. I guess that's been six years ago now. It feels like forever. Yeah. And your career uh, has just like been insane. Well, that's one way to put it for a, for a lot of different reasons, I guess you could say. But uh, yeah, it has, it has. But you know, all for all for the good, for sure. You've been in Nashville since when, like twenty ten? Yep, twenty ten. Cool, cool. From Jackson, so not too terribly far. Right. Yeah, that was a blessing. Uh, my sister taught kindergarten in murfreesboro and so it was a nice kind of more of a a bumper segue as opposed to coming from oklahoma or something you know what i mean right so it worked out it worked out good and yeah man it's hard to believe it's been gosh coming up on 13 years it's crazy Mm -hmm. a 10-year town and i used to think if this takes me 10 years i'm at like no way you know but it's um Progress in a straight line, I guess you can say. You've definitely seen the town change a whole lot, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, and, um, you know, specifically, I guess, just how music is consumed being the by far the number one thing that's changed and kind of getting my dream record deal in 2015. Like, I feel like right when it really went in full gear the other way. And so, um, you know, a lot of people probably have a similar, similar story or, or saw the same thing I did at the time. But, um, yeah, the major labels kind of slipping back on, on some of their, you know, monopolistic powers and, um, then, you know, YouTube and SoundCloud and XM and Spotify, you know, all that taken off. So it really has done a lot, I think for creativity and in general on a big, on a big level, I think it's overall been good now at the time, like when you play the long game to try to get on the radio and you get a record deal and stuff, 
then just anybody can do it. It, it, it seems like not that, but, um, but all in all now t- taking a step back from it, it's, I think it's a good thing for creativity uh, in general. Definitely helps you see some other things in a, in a better light. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, anybody can, um, the, you know, the, the cost of entry has, has gone substantially down for somebody who wants to do music for a living. Like some girl or guy doesn't have to necessarily quit their whole life and move to Nashville and play a political game to get on the charts anymore. They don't. And that's, a, that's a good thing. You know, talk to me about the year 2020. You started that year out on the road, right. With Brantley Gilbert. Uh-huh. That's right. We were on, yeah. Fired up tour and, um, about, to release a third single and we actually did for like two weeks so we had a single and we thought we'd kind of be able to get a little momentum from from being on an arena tour and then also you know visiting reporting station towns doing the tour so yeah it was all sitting pretty good and then um you know covid happened and you know covid changed the trajectory of a lot of people's lives not just me and my little country music career so i know they're certainly bigger bigger uh, problems that it brought but it, it did certainly um you know throw a little bit of a wrench into um in, into what we were doing because the tour obviously got canceled the, the single got pulled and um you know it might have accelerated the inevitable to be honest as far as my um, um, career trajectory so with going more of an independent route and um just find a little bit, a bit of balance <laughs> overall in life so um I, you know everything happens for a reason Right. What was kind of like the deciding factor for you during that time to say, you know what, I'm going to take a little bit of a step back. Let's go independent, focus more on the music that you want to create and release. Um, You know, I guess it was just that step back because I had been so deep in it on tour that um, it can, you know, that sucks a lot of brain power in, in itself, but having the time to take a step back and kind of realizing on a, you know, a macro level where you stand at a certain label or, you know, just it, in general. And, and, and what have you done? Are they letting you put out the music that you're writing? Cause it's not like you're not working. You're still creating every day. I mean, and I still did through COVID, I was still writing, you know, and it's like, okay, I've written 700 songs and I've been over here for um, six years and put, three out you know is this really a good representation of uh what i can do and show my fans and and is this what i want to do the rest of my life you know just hope one of them takes off at country radio and my life is great like uh you know that kind of let me balance that out and ultimately i thought you know truth is i'm probably on the shelf over here uh truth is they probably threw me out with two other guys at the same time they just saw which one would work and there wasn't a whole lot of artistic integrity taken in account of how long we're going to stick with either or it was just business. And, you know, and I don't really necessarily, I don't hold a grudge because I probably run it the same if I were them, but I had to look at my position and my family and, and obviously my aspirations and thought, how am I ultimately going to make, you know, the best music, the longest and the most music, is it going to be burning myself out? Hoping one song I wrote five years ago is going to take off. Mm-hmm. Or, or do I need to hit this from a different angle? And ultimately, I decided to hit it from a different angle. 
Yeah, and you've definitely been doing just that. You've released quite a few singles over the past three years since COVID kind of shut things down and you decided to <coughs> go a different route. So talk to me about that. Now that you're independent, everything is kind of, you know, your decision really on everything, which is yeah. the way yeah. to go uh, nowadays. <laughs> well, I think, I think the, the, you know, I never minded having good input around me. I, I, I felt like I took criticism and coaching good, almost to a fault sometimes, you know, um, mm. it, it's, it's, it was mainly the time that I was being robbed of, you know, not necessarily, I'm not saying that all these people I had working for me didn't have good ideas, you know, cause a lot of times they did, but I think overall, sometimes you can build an army of, of people to help you like, and this is true of any other artist out there listening or aspiring artist. You can build up a, I call it, you can build up a moat of support where um, you built up this wall where everybody kind of thinks somebody else is doing something and it can, it can make things slow. Now you have so many gifted, smart people around you, but sometimes you can have too many cooks in the kitchen, so to say. So, you know, I, that's why I, I don't want to say, well, I had to do it independent because I was smarter than all of them. Mm -hmm. But, but when you look at kind of how everything operates by committee, uh, it was just really inefficient as far as time and as far as, you know, you know, there were some good ideas, but just consolidating those and getting to what's best for me and my family and what's most true to my music. You know, there's a lot of bullshit you got to cut out, you know, and so that's what I did. Um, and, and now that I am doing it alone, I just thought I've had these songs I've had on my chest for so long. And so I'm going to start there and just share the love with my producer friends in town and make it a collaborative thing for me to put music out. And so it's, it's been fun for my co-writers and the guys that produce this stuff to, you know, like, I love that song. It just, you know, it got lost on the shelf or whatever, never got a light of day and now I get to put it out. And so it, it is liberating. Definitely. And I want to talk about your latest single. You wrote, co-wrote it with Jameson Rogers, who you're pretty good friends with, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. I remember the first night I moved to town, I went to the Bluebird and Jameson had rolled into town that day too. And I heard him, we all got to, well, you wait in line and you play one song and that's just kind of what develops, you know, relationships and going out every night. It was Monday night was that Tuesday night was Douglas corner. Wednesday night was the Commodore. And we just started making the rounds together. But I remember that first night meeting him at the Bluebird, And then, um, we, we hit it off just cause you know, we just good old boys from, I'm from West Tennessee and he's from North Mississippi. So we had a lot in common, but naturally, but, um, I liked his stuff. He liked my stuff. And so, and we became good friends and roommates and it's been cool to see his trajectory. And, um, obviously everything's got going with Luke Combs and stuff. Um, you know, just blow up. It's been fun to watch. I'm happy for him. Yeah. So talking about your latest single like this, like that, when did you guys write that one? We wrote it on his bus last fall. Okay. Last fall I was, um, uh, doing a few, um, i came out to he invited me to come out and write and um just open a few shows while i was out there uh, acoustic and so we had a lot of fun doing that so yeah we just rode on the back of his bus one night that's awesome so i haven't been sitting on that one too long no no which is i think kind of plays to the um the the positive side of kind of where i'm at is we don't have to wait forever you know because you know music is you know great music is timeless and i realized that 
Um, that's the, always the argument. Cause I'd be like, come on, we got to put this stuff out and be able to say, well, if it's good now, it'll be good. Then like, while that's true, you know, there, I mean, timing is everything in everything in life, including yep. music. So, um, you know, you can't just sit on them forever. So I say that to say, yeah, that, that is a, uh, a positive is being able to go ahead and put it out after we write it. So that was nice. So over the past decade or so, you've made a lot of connections with friends, producers, bandmates, co-writers, everything. When it comes down to like your like circle of writers that you hit up when you have an idea, who kind of comes to mind? Um, definitely Jameson. Um, Heather Morgan is a good buddy of mine. Neil Medley and um, Aaron Essice. Those guys are always Jimmy Bell. That's kind of been my uh, really since 2000. Well, I've known some of them since 2000, early 2010 or whatever. But um, the last three or four years, I've kind of zeroed in because I've had the opportunity, which is a great opportunity to write with everybody in town when you when you come up, especially when you get a record deal, uh, getting a <laughs> getting a co-write is very easy then. But getting a publishing deal back in 13, um, you get to kind of write with everybody. And then when you get a record deal, then some bigger doors are open. So I feel very blessed. That I've gotten to work with a lot of really great writers. But um, we were writing with so many different people. It's like I was meeting somebody new every day. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I was like, you know, it, it took me a few years to figure out how to be the most prolific would, was to narrow it down. And so those, those guys and girls are, are my favorite for sure. When did you write your first song? Do you remember? Yeah. Um, oh gosh. Oh man. Uh, we have to go there. Uh, <laughs> it was a song that like, I don't know. It was, um, it was called tell me she's ugly. It was so bad. <laughs> and and it got like it became like a like an open mic then uh when i put a band together it became like a bar favorite but i think it was just because everybody's like making fun of how bad it was but everybody <laughs> drank beer and like cheered along with it but they like yeah, i don't know i don't really know how to feel about it to this day but <laughs> it did i put it on the radio uh my guitar teacher had a studio and me and my band went in there and recorded it because there was a contest on the local radio. Like whoever wins gets to open for Ash Bowers. I don't know if you remember him. Mm -hmm. He's still a great buddy. And Jonathan Singleton, who's had a, a great, you know, he's an awesome writer, but he, both of them were like the up and coming artists and they're both from Jackson. So they were like my guys, you know? And so whoever won this contest got to open for them. And so I was like, I'm winning that if it's the last <laughs> thing I do. So I went in there and played, Tell me she's ugly and just like did the best I could. And we were so out of tune and out of time. <laughs> they put it, they put it on the radio. And uh, of course I just got all my beer drinking friends to vote for it a hundred times. And we won. And uh, that was cool. And got to, got to do that. So it's, it's still funny though. Cause I mean, like people still ask me about that song and I'm just like, Oh my goodness. Like this, it, I'm never going to be able to live this down. So that's um, hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> like, like the angle on it is not bad. Just the execution probably lacked a little bit, but yeah, it's, I'm sure it's still out on the interweb somewhere. Unfortunately. Fair enough. There you go. Ladies and gentlemen, go <laughs> try and find it. <laughs> oh, please don't. Please don't. It's awful. It's awful. We don't talk about that anymore. Can you tell me about any new music you're working on? Yeah, I, um, I've been working on a 
a new song that I've got I've done, but I'm working on a music video for it. And um, it's called Back Road Home. And it's it's kind of like we moved out in the country, like right when COVID hit. And it's just kind of about life leaving the city for the country, which has been done a lot. But we kind of put a I feel like I put a unique spin on it. And I'm hoping that the the video will kind of um, obviously it's a very, it's a very visual song. So I feel like the video will enhance and I hope people enjoy it. But that that's coming out really soon. I don't have a release date to tell you now, but but very soon. Hey, that's okay. We will jot that down in the memory bank. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's called Back Road Home, so I'm I'm hoping uh, people dig it. Very cool. So, where can people find you online so they can keep an eye out for that single coming out? BrandonLay.com is home base, um, but really, you know, I use Instagram more than anything, to be honest. So, you know, I. I have Twitter and Facebook and, you know, all the stuff, TikTok, but um, I'm not that active. Are you active on TikTok, Lindsay? Man, I'm trying. <laughs> I don't know. That's what everybody I'm says. Trying. I'm like, I'm like, if I have to force something this hard, um, I don't know. Maybe I just haven't found found my groove in it yet. I, I'm not, I don't think I'm not that hip to the talk yet. I, I've, I've got one. So if y'all want to follow me. One night I was sitting there. I'm like, oh, we've got 28 followers. And Nicole, my wife, was like, we got 28,000. That's great. I'm like, no, we got 28. So of course, <laughs> this was about this time last year. So if y'all want to be 29 and 30, y'all just go ahead and follow that brand of late music on on the talk. But my main my main stays Instagram. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, everybody yeah. go follow him on Instagram, of course. But uh, go give him a follow on TikTok. Help a man out. Yeah, those um yeah, if there was a pie chart, you'd be able to you would be a much bigger part of the movement on TikTok <laughs> than Instagram. But follow me on both. <laughs> there you go. Well, I know earlier you mentioned all the places that you used to kind of like pay your dues at, so to speak, when you first yeah. came to town. So thinking about all those different places, all the different rounds and things that you've played. Where's probably been your favorite place you've played in town aside from like your Opry debut and things like that? Oh gosh. Um, well, okay. This is kind of a, this is going to seem like I'm just saying it to say it, but we, we had a, um, like a pregame concert when we played, uh, when I was on the Chesney tour in 18, we played Nissan stadium, but the night before we had a, a tin roof on Broadway, kind of like, a uh, you know, a pregame concert or whatever. <laughs> and that, that was, that was awesome. That was my favorite show that I've done in town. So, um, just playing a packed out club was, was, was fun. So, um, you know, there, but gosh, you know, there's so many little places in around Nashville that, aren't even around anymore um really where i cut my teeth the most my home base was not the bluebird but um there was this little bar in the best western that's not even off to mumbrian that's not even there anymore wow. and we play we would always just kind of like we would go play our song and around and then meet at the best western lobby to like just get a beer or meet up and and hope like i remember um uh gosh trent uh, Trent Wilman came in there one night and I was like starstruck. I love Trent Wilman. And now Trent's like a good friend of mine. And, and I, I, I've been writing with him recently. So I'm actually, but like, I just remember being so starstruck seeing somebody like that walk in that, mm -hmm. that, um, that, you know, th and looking back those days, like 
like I went from being so nervous to, I couldn't hardly play a chord to absolutely walking up there with some with some swag thinking I just slayed it and then like and then ending up somewhere in the middle you know what I mean yeah so it's just kind of funny when you when you think of when you think of your journey this town is wild I've had so many like pinch me moments like I'm sure you have as well <laughs> yeah yeah I know it yeah if you would have told me when I was 17 I would not have believed you you know mm-hmm. and then I don't know I'm thankful for all of them for sure well yeah at 17 you probably thought you were going to be a basketball star right uh I don't know what I thought I <laughs> I don't know I did basketball was still what what I was working on most every day for sure but um yeah, and I ended up just warming the bench in college, so there you go. <laughs> well, it looks like it all worked out because singing has definitely paid off for you. It's been good. I'm I'm blessed to get have you know still be doing country music, and um, you know I feel like my best days are, are yet to come. To be honest, you know it's um fit, you know it's just I, I feel like a musical career is just so much more than than about one or two songs, and uh, it's really about a a whole, a whole, not just one chapter, but a whole book. And so I'm still writing mine. If you had to tell the audience one song to check out from you, if they never had heard your name, anything, what song are you going to tell them to go look up first? Oh gosh. Oh man. Probably break down on me. I wrote it by myself and I just, I felt like that one slipped through the cracks, like in a reverse way, if you know what I mean? Like, that one was one that I actually did write just real bare bones. And, you know, I, I knew that my true to my roots and it ended up being able to be released under a major label, you know, and I felt like the other ones I did write too. So I did write all those other ones too, but that one was just like a little bit more like closer to the closer to home, you know? So I don't know. I think you could get, even though it's a song to a girl, like just trying to cheer her up that, I mean, I, I still think you could probably get my whole um, stance on on things, or just my whole disposition. If you heard that, just kind of, you know, my personality. So that that's a pretty good representation of of my music, right there. Definitely, of course, go listen to all of them. But yeah, you absolutely, have to start somewhere. <laughs> that's right. I start with that one, and next, I'd probably listen to Cowboy with a little soul. So. There right you go. Down, everybody. That's right. That's <laughs> One right. final question for you. You have learned so much over the past 13 years or so being here in Nashville and being in the industry, probably learned a whole lot just within the past three years. So I'm sure you've yeah. heard a lot of different advice. So if someone was to come ask you, what's the best piece of advice you've learned from the music industry that has stuck with you over the years what would you tell them? Oh gosh, don't play, don't play on Broadway. <laughs> that, I know that sounds, that's not profound, but my buddy Ash, I remember, cause I thought like I was playing honky tonks at home and just trying to grow my name. And I thought, man, I bet those record execs are just walking the streets of Broadway and looking for the next Garth, you know? And he was like, dude, the real work's done up on music row. He's like, spend your time writing, get out on the weekends and play. But he's like, don't, don't do it. And I did it and it served me well. And I'd say it wouldn't serve it somebody else. Well, but if you want to be an artist now as a musician, I think it's, it can be a great thing if you go down there and make, make a lot of extra money playing guitar or whatever. But, but as an artist, I think, um, 
I don't know. That was some good advice, even though that's nobody's going to be putting that on their headstone. But <laughs> it's definitely yeah. some solid advice. It's what it, I it came. <laughs> yeah, it came. It came in handy. So. There you go. Well, Brandon, thank you so much for hopping on an episode of the podcast. Thank you for playing our round also, by the way. Got so many compliments on you. So, love it. It was fun. I had a blast doing it. And um, yeah, anytime. I'm glad to do it. Ragtop sunset. Burning up the night like a cigarette We were midnight kisses on a dirt road runway One in the morning I'd drop you off at your front door And your daddy give you hell But you smile as you walk up the staircase That no trespass sign Off River Road was our green light For us to hide away from all our friends Riding through the field real dark CD in the truck playing fast car We didn't smoke but you had me higher than I'd ever been Get older. If I'd have known it was gonna be the last time that we ever rode around this little town, I'd have gassed it up again. I'd have tried to hold on, never took you home. I'd have kissed you, baby, let you drive me crazy. Who knows what might have been? Cause here we are, so far apart. Wonder if you miss me back How did we get like this, like that? If I'd have known it was gonna be The last time that we I tried to hold on, never took you home I'd have kissed you, baby, let you drive me crazy Who knows what might have been Cause here we are, so far apart Wonder if you miss me back How did we get like this, like that? Oh, how did we get like this, like that?
Thanks for listening to Back Porch Sipping with Lindsay. Subscribe now to stay up to date and hear new episodes first. Be sure to like and follow us at Back Porch Sippin' P.O.D.